0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Roast West Coast podcast. Before we get started today, I want to shout out one of the great North County San Diego coffee roasters who sponsors this show. Acclaimed local roaster Steady State Roasting Company roasts responsibly traded coffee sourced from around the world. You can order small batch roasted coffee beans on SteadyStateRoasting.com or you can stop by their Sensory Lab Cafe in Carlsbad Village for a handcrafted coffee, tea drink, or tasty treat. With COVID safety protocols in place, you can pre-order online at SteadyStateRoasting.com and your drink and your order for a bag of coffee beans will be ready for takeaway when you arrive. Now for today's show. I get to chat with Bev and Jay Lynn, who along with Bev's husband Sam and business partner Mike are the owners and founders of Mostra Coffee. They have two locations, the original in Carmel Mountain and the more recently opened 4S Ranch. Moster Coffee is a woman, minority, veteran, and immigrant-owned business that has seen truly stratospheric growth and started with the idea that two friends could start and run a business together that made a difference in the community and even positively impacted the entire world. There are so many things I could tell you about Moster Coffee. They win awards, prestigious ones, like 2020 Micro Roaster of the Year, presented by Roast Magazine, in recognition of their product and business excellence. They give back to their own industry through grant award programs to help uplift up-and-coming roasters. They have an expansive coffee and beer collaboration program, which I particularly enjoy, and work with breweries from around the country. And their Instagram feed, at Mostra Coffee, is filled with local community efforts in support of their own neighborhood. I could walk through all of those things with you, and I'd never really be able to convey the essence of Mostra, which is uniquely human and in the moment. Bev and Jaylin incorporate their own personal experiences and emotions and awareness of each other, their business, life partners, customers, and community into all of the decisions that ultimately end up becoming part of the Moster Coffee experience. Even during our chat, the vibe was noticeably upbeat and positive, despite the ongoing pandemic, which has been a hammer on service industries this year. Throughout the show, you can hear the goings-on of the Moster Coffee shop behind them, I actually got a little emotional listening to it while editing the show. The sounds of a cafe used to be part of my daily life experience, and I'm really looking forward to a time post-pandemic when it can be again. Since recording this conversation, San Diego County has been hit hard by the coronavirus and is currently under a new health order restricting hospitality businesses to takeout-only offerings. That includes Moster Coffee's cafe, so you might not hear these same sounds if you were to stop by for a takeout today. That makes it a particularly good time to support small business. You can support Mostra Coffee by heading to MostraCoffee.com. There you can buy coffee, merchandise, subscriptions, and gift cards for yourself or a coffee-loving friend or family member. I'm going to turn things over to Bev and Jaylin in a moment. This was a great interview for me because they really took the lead in this interview. But if you haven't already, please sign up for the Roast West Coast newsletter at roastwestcoast.com. The free newsletter is great, and with it you'll get recaps and show updates. And the paid subscription, which is good for a full year, is even better. There is a great promotion going on right now, which I'm going to extend through January, where a paid subscription to Roast West Coast comes with a copy of Eli and Jane, the fiction novella I wrote with plenty of great coffee-drinking scenes, And with every subscription, I'll buy coffee for frontline health workers fighting this damn coronavirus and send support to some local hospitality workers. And now, it's time for yet another cup of coffee in this show with Mostra Coffees' Bev and Jalen. I appreciate that you guys took the the time to meet with me. And I would say welcome to the Roast West Coast podcast now that we're actually talking and starting.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Is is it too loud in our background? Because we are in our shop. They're all
0: working back there so no No, it adds ambiance it's very cool cool. (laughs) most people hide in a closet i'm in my closet now actually (laughs) so you guys i was really excited that you were willing to talk to me on the show i feel like you guys have so much going on and have done so much already that we could dedicate like three shows to you. Yeah. I'm already deciding that I'm going to invite you back for season two and three. And we're yeah. just going to keep on on running it. But for people that are listening, could you give us a little background on, on how how Mostert got started? How did it go from an idea to a shop and <laughs> a roastery and everything that's happening now?
2: Yeah. So um, she and I have been friends for 22 years. So our story together goes back that long. But most of her story actually goes back um, to 2009. So she and I were doing work here in San Diego with the Filipino community. And then we had an opportunity to go to the Philippines with a really good friend of ours and mentor. And we learned a lot about social entrepreneurship and social enterprise. And for me personally, I hadn't been there since 1986 when I was four. Mm-hmm. So that was my first time back since then. And we just, we visited a lot of farms there. And then we learned a lot about all the abundant resources that the Philippines has. And for me personally, I only associated the Philippines with a lot of poverty, unfortunately. You know, that's why, you know, my parents uh, immigrated from the country to give us opportunity. So we were there. We learned a lot about um, all of the resources and then we interacted with the people there and just they reminded us so much of our own family that we were like you know what we were the ones that won the jackpot you know coming out of the Philippines with our parents and we wanted to be able to create more opportunities for sustainable livelihoods for the people there so we came back from that trip in 2009 with that really tugging on our heartstrings you know and um and then a few years went by and we were doing our own thing i had a a voice studio at the time she was still in hollywood doing acting and singing well you you were singing yeah um and and hosting hosting. Mm -hmm. um and then my husband was working at a skilled nursing facility where there was an opportunity to open a cafe and she and i just have always wanted to open a business together And so we said, sure, you know, like let's take this on. Let's, you know, hire my other best friend who's a pastry chef. And then we wanted to provide really good coffee for the doctors and the families there. Except we didn't know anything. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't even drink. We didn't even drink coffee. We drank, you know, Starbucks frappuccinos. So with extra. Caramel
1: and whipped cream. (laughs)
2: Right. So she actually reached out to our other friend, Mike, who's our other business partner, and said, hey, you know, you post all these coffee things on, you know, your social media. Do you think you can maybe teach us a few things? And he said, sure, you know, meet us, meet me at Bird Rock Coffee Roasters, which at the time in 2012, they were a micro roaster of the year. And he said, they're the best roaster in the nation. Meet me there. So he took us there and bought a few things. I think it was like a double shot Mm -hmm. of espresso, a cold brew, and then a drip. Yeah, just like a pour over, right? Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, try this out with nothing in it. And we were like, hmm, I don't think so. We don't like coffee. We don't like coffee. But then we tried it, and we were so shocked at how it didn't taste like charcoal, basically, because that was our only reality of coffee at that point, and it had all of these different flavors. Mm -hmm. So he said, yeah, well, this is what happens when, you know, coffees sourced really well and roasted really well and brewed really well. So then we came back from that situation and did a bunch of research on coffee. And in that research, we found out that the Philippines actually grows specialty coffee. We had no idea because you know, Philippines is really known for Barako coffee, Liberica, but we've never heard of, you know, them growing specialty coffee or high quality coffee. So when we found that out, we said, okay, scratch the plan of this cafe in my husband's skilled nursing facility. We are going to be roasters. We don't roast coffee. This is Bev and I. I
1: we got it. All the puzzle pieces are coming together. <laughs> We're going to become coffee roasters of Philippine coffee. Right. Even though we don't drink coffee, but then mm-hmm. the, the bigger, the bigger picture for us was create this company that roasts specialty coffee, but through our company being based in the United States, create a platform for that coffee that is unknown essentially in the industry and in the world really. And we hoped to create a demand um, for that coffee globally. So then that would draw business into the country and provide more jobs and livelihoods for the filipino farmers but we didn't know anybody there That <laughs> <Of property. course. laughs> so we didn't know anybody we didn't drink coffee we didn't roast coffee uh we didn't know how to make coffee We had an opera singer <laughs> and an actor and an actor but we felt so strongly about it you know and honestly it wasn't even about money for us it was money for them and you know we still talk about it now it's like you know during the pandemic when you know everyone was shutting down you know when we were on the fence about whether we should stay open or not the reason why we stayed open was because we were like we've got employees here that are counting on us for their livelihood and we've got farmers not only in the philippines but all over the world because we don't just source coffee from the philippines that are counting on us staying open and continuing to purchase coffee from them so they can put food on the table for their families right so you know it was just really like the the heart of how Mostra came about and which actually makes like winning 2020 Roaster of the Year like even crazier because it's like, you know, you can really go from knowing
2: nothing to, you know, being Roaster of the Year. <laughs> so. And, and you know, when we went on that first trip to Bird Rock and they were Micro Roaster of the Year, I mean, that was like... Oh, my you
1: know, God. that Yeah. Was- and, and every year since then, we've been following the winners. And it's just been like, wow, you know, Portola won or whatever. Um, what's the other one in, in Riverside? Yeah. Um, You know, and I've, and we've like met the owners or people that have worked for these different companies just in passing at the specialty coffee expo or whatever. And I remember feeling like starstruck over them. Like you won roaster of the year, you know, like you must be doing some cool stuff. And then anyway, so we're still starstruck by our own situation.
0: (laughs) Well, I was, I was planning on congratulating you on winning 2020 Roaster of the Year. You seem to be winning quite a few things. I think you just won something from Qualcomm and their small business accelerator as well.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: But now that you're winning, you mentioned you're still starstruck, but have you started to feel any pressure from that too?
1: Oh my gosh. Don't so even get us started with that. No, so literally when we won Roaster of the Year, the pressure escalated like crazy. And I think mm-hmm. for us, we didn't just take this award as an accolade to put up on our wall and to like, you know, bragging rights, like at all. Like for us, it was more of a responsibility as a role model and a leader in the industry um, mm-hmm. that we took on as individuals and as a as a company. So you know, everything we've done since winning has been with that in mind too. You know, with all of our, you know, our um, our mission and vision already intact, but you know, it was like, okay, you know, there must be someone else out there like us that are looking to these companies that are winning, you know, looking for direction and inspiration for what to do. So we definitely were feeling a lot of pressure. And I mean, we've
2: always used our platform to be able to push our mission and always do good, you know, but just to have that, that accolade on top of it now, Mm -hmm. um, then you have, you have just even more eyes on you. You know what I mean?
0: Sure. It's street cred.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there's definitely a lot of pressure and then it was, you know, right in the middle of the pandemic and just, you know, you had a pandemic, you kind of had like, you had the civil rights movement going on and you just <laughs> had everybody looking to the company and saying, okay, you know, what, what's your stance? And
1: and the other thing too is that, so we do a ton, like hundreds of craft beer collaborations with breweries from all over the country, um, sometimes internationally too. Mm -hmm. And these collaborations are like massive. So every year um, at our anniversary party, we will highlight those collaborations. And some of these beers, if not like um, the majority of them, are like the most sought sought after craft beers, like for the year or in the country. So people will like fly in from all over the country for this party. So it was like when we won Roaster of the Year also, and this party's in January, it's just like, amplified the entire situation and so we had this massive party too it was just like roaster of the year most are six then it was the pandemic then then we opened another store up like in the middle of the pandemic because we were halfway through and we already dumped all this money into it and you know we were like do we pull out of it or do Do we we just open it just open it and we added that to our plate too
0: well, you've, you've been covering a lot of the things I was going to ask you, but before I get too far into kind of the beer and the new store, I want to mention that you talk about your platform, but one way you use that is uh, you just gave a small business grant to another coffee company out of Kentucky, yeah. and which I thought was really interesting. You collaborated with Roast Magazine. Uh, they have a great name. And, <laughs> and so I wanted to know, how did you choose the, that small roastery there and, and why... Why start using this platform? You already mentioned a bunch of ways that you're using it, but why focus on creating an opportunity for this other small roastery?
2: Well, I mean, we were, as the pandemic was happening, it's obviously still happening, but we just couldn't help but feel really grateful that we were still in business and doing well. You know what I mean? Yes, we saw a drop in our stores by about 30% but then our online e-commerce grew by 600 percent you know what i mean during that time and for us to even um, continue to be in business during this time is i mean we see everybody else shutting down left and right was was just amazing and we just felt so grateful that we were like you know what we want to help another business in our industry come out of this situation and so we were like okay let's let's start our own small business grant let's Reach out to Rose Magazine, partner up with them, and just create the situation where we can provide opportunities for them to, you know, be out in the media to um, get a lot of uh, uh, exposure. Exposure, yeah. Mm -hmm. And honestly, what
1: the a part of the process was actually (laughs) a part of the process was actually a video. They had to turn in a video and they had to answer some questions. And a lot of the questions were about, you know, not about like the coffee itself. It was like, what are you doing to give back at this time? What are you doing to help, um, you know, raise the morale of your, your company your build your company culture, um, mm-hmm. giving back to the community. Mm-hmm. And we got a ton of videos actually from all over the world. Yeah. which and was so cool. we could not believe it. And we chose the company whose answers in their video were the most moving they were doing the most. They were actually, I would say even the most aligned with us too Mm -hmm. they're doing like really similar things and just going above and beyond to take care of people their staff the community so um that's how we chose them they they're an incredible company and we actually have more projects coming out with them to kind of just continue that, that that collaborative process yeah
0: I'll be right back with the second half of my conversation with Bev and Jay Lynn of Moster Coffee in just a moment. This show is sponsored by the award-winning Steady State Roasting, a small batch coffee roastery dedicated to the craft and care of providing specialty, responsibly sourced coffee from around the world, and turning that into an amazing cup of coffee. You can learn more about their process on SteadyStateRoasting.com. There, you can also support a small business by ordering coffee beans to be delivered right to your door. I personally love their House Blend Space Traveler, and if you are in the area, Steady State Roasting is serving up their distinctive coffee roasts at their sensory lab in Carlsbad, California. Even with COVID protocols in place, you can still pre-order beverages, tasty treats, and coffee beans to go on SteadyStateRoasting.com. And now, back to the show. Uh, One thing that's uh, interesting, uh, it shouldn't be interesting, but it is, is that you are a female fronted, female-owned business. You obviously have your business partners, Sam and Mike, but being in that position, do you feel there is a a growth in female representation in the coffee industry, and how do you feel being someone who might be leading that way or being a role model for someone coming up behind you?
1: So you know, yesterday she and I did a live on Instagram, and I I, re, I had a, a weird moment. Like I, I was walk, I was rewatching it last night, and then I had a moment where I stepped out of myself and I saw us talking about it and representing the company. And I was having that like outer body experience. I was actually like really inspired to see two Filipino American women leading this company. Um, Because growing up, um, I grew up in Rancho Bernardo and it's just, I was literally like the only Filipino kid at my elementary school probably until I was like in 4th or 5th grade. So, I like had a little bit of like an identity crisis because I didn't have really anybody that looked like me around other than my family. So, you know, we're in the like in the thick of the hustle, so we don't actually get to step outside of ourselves very often to really like see the impact that we're having. So, it's hard to imagine that we are, but I assume that we are you know, because there just aren't a lot. I mean, there aren't a lot of like even Filipino American coffee roasters out there. Mm -hmm. Um, There are some obviously, but there just aren't a lot. I mean, and I think that like, you know, we've, we have had people come to us, our own staff, the women in our staff, um, people in the community tell us like how inspired they are by the work that we're doing. And not only that we're moms too. So it's like, juggling motherhood you know we're, we're married we've got our families we've got the business and then you know our mission is just bigger than just make roasting coffee so I mean I definitely um feel that um we are making some impact and I hope that we are but it's it's crazy because when you're in it you're not even realizing that that's that that's happening
2: and I think that um you know that's this is a I don't want to say a new calling, but it's something that has uh, that we've been really inspired by really recently. Because when we were starting this business, it was really intimidating. We both didn't have any business background at all, let alone coffee, you know, background. But you know, the business world has a lot of masculine energy around it. You know what I mean? There's a lot of business jargon, you know, things like that that we had to learn along the way, and it was really intimidating. But for both of us. Over the last seven years, we've really, we've ran this business on pure intuition, <laughs> you know what I mean? And being emotional and being compassionate and being empathic and all of these things that sometimes in the business, in the business world is considered negative, negative, you know what I mean? Don't bring that kind of stuff in, in the workplace or, or in how you work, but that has really been, you know, the difference maker for us and almost the secret sauce for us running Mostra. And just to
1: say one thing though, she did mm-hmm. say emotional, which again, it could be looked at as negative, but Bev and I have been working, we're best friends, like she said, 22 years. We've been working together this entire time, like she said, in, in an, an emotional state, but we've actually, we've never fought in the entire time we've worked together. We have not gotten into one fight about this because we've like, when she says emotional, it, it isn't like what you, you imagine, right, right, like right. drama, like that. It's, it's like being emotionally aware of mm-hmm. of everything going on around us and we both literally put our each other our partners and our families first actually before the business so like it just we always operate that way so it's like you know if there's a big you know business opportunity but like somebody's not good we're like we got to address right how this person's feeling before we can even move on to that point and that is probably not, again, looked at traditionally in business as a way to operate. But sorry, I just had to say that no, like emotional no. thing because I feel like someone's like, oh, so. No,
2: it's <laughs> totally.
0: Maybe instead of emotional, the, the way I, I was listening to it is it sounded like human. Yeah. Right. I'm right. feeling human. We're running our business as humans and thinking right. about humans. Yes. And not just about, you know, coins and, and dollars that are coming in and out. Now, that's important, right. obviously, but it like. Is. You're acknowledging this whole other component to running a business, especially a small one.
2: Right. Like Mm -hmm. feeling your way through building a business. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we're the people that, you know, get presented with an opportunity and we'll be the ones that say, okay, you know what? We need to meditate on that. You know what I mean? (laughs) Literally. (laughs) We're like, let's separate and meditate on that for a minute.
1: Right. (laughs) We're going to go to the beach and meditate about that real quick and then call me in an hour. You know, and some people are like, okay, you know, it's a little weird, but-
0: but it works. It yeah. works, and I mean, we
1: we. So something us also with that is that like along the lines of what she's saying is that like we make decisions with our entire being. So like <laughs> we, you know, like an opportunity will come and we're not just like yeah that sounds good like, right the numbers look good yeah the numbers <laughs> look good or you know that opportunity seems good we're like how does that actually make us all feel is that something that we feel like we can does that Definitely. partner or does <laughs> that um, yeah does that partnership feel like it's something we can live with. Are we, uh, are we aligned with them culturally as far as how they conduct themselves as business people too? You know, does that align with us and make us yeah. feel something? Is that something we're proud of moving forward? Right. So it's like operating from that space. And I think that is where that like
2: feminine energy that we both have leading Mostra has um, led us. <laughs> and that we hope that it inspires other women to embrace those gifts, you know what I mean? And that you can build and run a business using all of those amazing feminine gifts that we're born with, you know?
0: I think that's important. I've always been lucky to be surrounded by female entrepreneurs and so I never really thought about it as much until it was I started doing these shows and, and thinking about it. Not just the show but also some beer. I came up in the beer industry. But um, so I think that's a really interesting thing. One thing I, I would say to you is when I When I came up with the concept for the show, I reached out to about a dozen roasters in North County Mm -hmm. and I was no thought process. I just thought, okay, who's the best roasters that I would like to talk to companies and of them, I found, I I was looking at my list yesterday and I saw that I have exactly five male and five female on our final list. And so I think San Diego in particular in coffee and in beer, maybe a little ahead of the curve. Because I don't know that I've seen that in my other stops in Chicago or Pittsburgh or or even New York a little bit. And so and you've been you've been doing it, obviously, as you since um, 2012, 2013 is when you first started, most right right. And so so you certainly have had influence. You've got all these people who've come up who maybe saw that example and it gave them the idea that, hey, I can do this.
1: I hope I do hope
0: even if it's just like going from saying oh i'm a, i'm working in a coffee shop but maybe i should manage the coffee shop maybe i should
2: yeah. direct
0: the coffee shop there's all these these other roles that i mean i'm a i'm a middle class midwestern white male like i never questioned that i could do things mm-hmm. it was never an option and it wasn't something that i understood wasn't there was a question for people until later in life right And it wasn't that I was looking at it as like other people shouldn't. It's just I never thought about it because I never had to. And so I think it's really interesting to see the path that you guys have come up and that other people are coming up now and having trailblazers, people that you can say, well, they did it. So why can't I do it? Exactly. And, And for me, I get inspired by talking to people like you who started with some of our coffee background is similar. I did not drink coffee until I was in my 30s. Okay. (laughs) I did not have any interest in it and for whatever reason got really excited about it once I started and you were touching on this earlier it kind of takes over in your brain you get pat it's not just I'm going to start drinking coffee now it's I'm going to learn about coffee now I'm going to find out the background and who who's impacted one thing we haven't talked about yet and I know we've we've already run past like our normal time but is your coffee. Who's do, who does the roasting and what your philosophy with the coffee beans that you're actually bringing in is you know I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit uh, if you have time about how you guys treat your coffee at Mostra
2: yeah so our head roaster is Nick how do you pronounce Nick's last name Berardi, <laughs> Berardi. it's Bo Berardi yeah he yeah. <laughs> I think I get mixed up but it's Berardi. Nick Berardi and um, Nick actually comes from Bird Rock which is so awesome because you know our story kind of starts there and then our coffee director is ryan sullivan and he actually comes from bird rock too so those two together nick is our head roaster and then ryan is our coffee director and they actually i mean they're like the the coffee dream team those two they truly are i mean we literally sit there in awe when they talk about coffee because i mean they just they get into like the nerdy science yeah, signed. and they definitely
1: uh, like, took it to the next
2: level. They, they definitely sure. took it to the next level. But for us, it's always been about coffee being approachable. You know what I mean? I think when we entered the uh, the industry, there was kind of this, um, it's just really intimidating, specialty coffee for some people. You know what I mean? There's uh, There can be a tendency for it to have a snooty vibe sometimes. Yeah. You know, like you should you can't add sugar, you can't add cream to your coffee, all of this stuff. And- for us, it was like, hey man, it's your cup of coffee. You know, you enjoy it however you want to enjoy it. We're gonna do everything we can to roast it, you know, the best way and brew it for you. But at the end of the day, it's your coffee. You know what I mean? So we've always um, approached the coffee that way, and we've always presented that way to our consumers, which was very just approachable, not um, what's the word? Uh, not intimidating, but pretentious. Pretent- oh, pretentious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Sure. I use that word a lot in the show.
2: You know, because a lot of people, you know, think it could be, it can be really pretentious, you know, sometimes. And so for us, it was really important. You know, Mike was the one that was roasting all of the coffee up until um, a couple of years ago when we opened our shop here in Carmel mountain. So it was really important for us to find a team that was going to have that same approach to it. So but obviously, have all the knowledge and all the you know um, the the know hows to you know how to pull out all the great flavors of the coffee. So that's really what Nick and, and Ryan do. You know, they spend a lot of time sample roasting. They cup every single day. I mean, the quality control is just insane with them over there. But they they always have that approachability in mind. You know what and, I mean? And
1: then also, our partner Mike is a fine dining chef. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when he was building the roasting program in the beginning, I mean, he's got a palate, he's got a refined palate, and he really knows how to develop those flavors. He always compares like roasting to like making a steak, you know, and just developing at those different stages. And so, you know, he's, um, and he's there with them, just going over everything and tasting everything with them and just like really pulling out like which coffee profile is really going to be the best. So that's, you know, on the roasting side, but he's also the one that develops our entire menu and really develops drinks that are like Bev said, approachable. He's really innovative. He infuses our cold brews with all kinds of ingredients. Our lattes also are, we've got a bunch of lattes that are inspired by like really popular Filipino desserts. But the whole thing is meant to be like this all encompassing experience from sights and tastes and sounds and everything. And so our bar, I don't know if you can see it, but our bar is actually designed to be really low. There's nothing obstructing your view. We've got a Mavam espresso machine, um, which is an under counter espresso machine. So people can really see the the show and have this open kitchen experience in our shops. Um, And then like just, and then, you know, we're torching some of our drinks for our creme brulees and our creme brulee lattes. And um, we're basically like plating drinks as well so there's just like so many layers to this you know at the from the roasting level and them just developing all those layers and then mike takes it and creates more layers with the actual drinks themselves and um and like i said it is really innovative Um, we also work with brew bomb and they're another company that we do our cold brew production um, brewing on and it's just we are you know. Figuring out every way that we can to create the most consistent quality tasting, you know, coffee cold brew,
2: and and then drinks in the store with our Mabam. And what's fun is that you know a a lot of Mike's inspiration comes from the craft beer community as well. You know what I mean? So he'll take you know things from there and he'll try it with the coffee, and then it's awesome because um, over the last couple of years we've seen it kind of come full circle where. People will take drinks that we've created and they're inspired by it and then make a beer after it. Like, oh, very cool. You know what I mean? Which is the Babinka Brulee is one of our most popular drinks here. So it's kind of cool to see all of his innovation, you know, kind of go. Or even, circle. or
1: even we just released a Buko Pandan cold brew. Again, that's a Filipino dessert. And Harland. Just did a Buko Pandan beer, which was released, mm-hmm. which was released last week, and it was like an insane. There was an insane line
2: for hours just for this. Yeah. this people were waiting beer. like over four hours to get this beer. <laughs> yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: yeah, so it's all crossing over.
0: I think that's going to be a good place for us to kind of start bringing it around. And I'm going to ask. you, I want to ask you one: if there's anything else we didn't cover that's important for people to know on this first episode, because I'm just assuming we're going to get together again.
1: Oh, anytime. Anyway. Yeah. yeah.
0: Then I want to know. You mentioned that when you started all this, you didn't drink coffee, but when you go out for a cup of coffee now and you're not at work, what are you ordering? What are you drinking?
2: Oh, I mean, I'm I'm a honey latte girl I, everywhere. <laughs> I just, I just well, try it everywhere. Yeah, honey
1: honey <laughs> latte with oat milk iced is typically where we go. If not, I'm probably more like a cappuccino person. Um, Occasionally, mm-hmm. occasion- a, a Yeah, occasionally a cortado. And if I'm wanting a sweeter drink, then I'll do like a confana.
0: And then anything else that we should know about Moster Roasters today?
1: Well, if you would like to try some Moster coffee, please visit our website, mostracoffee.com. We have cir- coffee circulating on our shop page that our, uh, our coffee team is continuously developing and creating. And um, and then just come and see us in our store. We would love to continue to share our coffee and our story with people. And, um, and if you see Bev or myself or Mike or Sam, please say hi. We, we love communicating and connecting with people in the community.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you again for being on the show. I just really appreciate your time and I would say congratulations on all your success.
1: Thank you so much for having us. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Roast West Coast, the podcast. Moster Coffee is a great example of how a mere seed of an idea can sprout and grow into something amazing with its own ecosystem, extending into and even enhancing the community. Mostra has two missions, stated very clearly on MostraCoffee.com. First, they want to create a local impact by investing in the San Diego community while empowering employees through education and training. That would transform transitional jobs into long-term careers. And, second, creating a global impact by sourcing high-quality beans from the Philippines and, quote, shining light on a lesser-known coffee belt region while giving back to the community that inspired them years earlier. End quote. While those two goals are the trunk of their business, they have become so much more even than those lofty ideals. And I'm looking forward to getting more in-depth with them about their efforts, be it in coffee, beer, community, or their worldwide impacts, on future episodes of this show. Head to RoastWestCoast.com to learn more about Mostra Coffee and find all of the up-to-date promo codes for coffee discounts, including "Roast Podcast 10 in all capital letters, which will get you 10% off at MostraCoffee.com. That's "Roast Podcast" in all capital letters and the number 1010. At RoastWestCoast.com, you'll also find the schedule of upcoming shows on Friday, which is New Year's Day 2021. Chris O'Brien of Coffee Cycle will be back to talk to us about fancy coffee drinks and help us understand what we're making or ordering. And next Tuesday, I'll talk to Eric Medina, who is making his first ever podcast appearance. Eric is the founder and owner of Libra Coffee, which is a subscription-based coffee roaster out of Oceanside, California, that also has a focus on providing clean water to those in need. If you want to share this show with a coffee-loving friend, just let them know that they can search for Roast West Coast on any major podcasting platform, Including Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, and basically everywhere you can find a great podcast. You can even stream it on thecoastnews.com, one of the partners of this show. Please consider leaving a rating and review wherever you listen, because it really helps people find a new show like this one. If you just listen to this show for the first time, we're on the back half of season one episodes with great local founders and roasters, including one with this show's sponsor, Elliot Reinecke, the founder of Steady State Coffee Roasting in Carlsbad, California are already out. Full disclosure, we actually recorded the interview with Elliot before he sponsored the show. Be sure to go back and listen to that episode and all of the interviews with the great North County San Diego coffee roasters we've spoken to this year. And check out our Coffee Smarter series with Chris O'Brien of Coffee Cycle. A true thank you for listening to the Roast West Coast podcast at all. I really appreciate it. And all of your efforts to provide ratings and reviews or to share with coffee-loving friends really help. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter at roastwestcoast.com. And don't forget coffee when buying belated holiday gifts. You really can't buy coffee from too many local roasteries this year. Those dollars will go a long way towards supporting not just one local business, but the employees that work there, the vendors they work with, and so many more. The impact of those purchases really ripple out. This episode of the Roast West Coast podcast has been produced and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt. I hope this show finds you happy, healthy, and with at least enough sanity to survive the last few days of 2020. And as always, be sure to drink good coffee.